the biggest incentive to plow through this thing is your air conditioning. Howdy, it's Tuesday, June 20th, 2017, and this is episode 48 of Do For A Win, the Atlantic City and Casino Biz podcast. I'm Kyle Askin, joined as always by Craig Stone. What's good, Craig? Ready to talk about some news. Yeah, so uh, before we begin, we just want to thank everyone who came out to the meetup, uh, simply because we don't want to have too, too much time between actual news posts. We're going to save our trip roundup for the next episode. Uh, which should come out next week. We'll get it out pretty quickly for y'all. But we just want to get through some news this week. Um, so, you want to get started, Craig? Yeah, I mean that's like the tease, right? Like it's it's like when you're watching the news and they're like, they're gonna, there's going to be a really funny cat video if you just keep watching, and they yeah. don't show you the cat video until the very end of the episode. That's what episode forty nine is, which doesn't make any sense because you could just turn this off right now and wait <laughs> until next week for the trip for it. Right, which I'm sure is is far more popular, but I just going a month or whatever between news episodes is not good for anyone, I don't think. So yeah, I mean, I thought it was going to be a pretty thin news episode, and then it's not. A bunch of stuff popped up today. (laughs) So you know, press conferences and things happen, and all of a sudden there's a pretty full agenda here. But but first, I think we're going to open it up by talking about the uh activity uh formerly known as the ac fan expo which is no more right now it seems like so according to them on both facebook and twitter uh they said on june 16th which was friday so the day that they were supposed to have uh their next fan expo that due to matters beyond their control they're postponing operations until further notice um and that's been the last anyone's ever heard of them so yeah, I, I don't know if you saw, Craig, but I had noticed last week on Wednesday or Thursday that their theme for this upcoming weekend was still t- TBA, mm. so I figured that was a bad sign. <laughs> yeah, that's not so great. So, uh, so I don't think they actually posted this on Twitter. I went to their Twitter feed, and it, I didn't see it. If it's, you look at their... Uh, they didn't post it on Twitter, but they replied to someone. Oh, who was like, okay. He's like, when are you guys opening today? And they're like, we're not. Uh, yeah. yeah. So, if, so you, we, if you go check it out and like look at posts and replies or whatever the middle tab is in Twitter, uh, yeah, yeah, we'll have it. So that they also the website's still up, and if you go to acfexpo.com, not acfanexpo.com, acfexpo.com, yes. it looks like they've got all the weeks scheduled. Like you scroll down and it shows all the weeks, but if you click the schedule tab in the navigation bar. Nothing shows up, and it just says the same thing it says on Facebook, which is due to matters beyond our control. We are postponing operations until further notice. Uh, They said they'll refund tickets to anyone who pre-purchased for any events that don't happen. We've gotten no other information, and it seems like a bad sign. I mean, do you see any way that this thing comes back up, or is, is this the last we hear of AC Fan Expo? It's probably it. I mean, from everything we heard, it didn't seem like it was really doing well. Um, just didn't have the people out there to, to make it keep going. Or, or or at least, like I said, that's what I've heard. We did not go to it, which will 
I mean, talk about, I guess, a bit more next episode, but I, I know you had intended to go last weekend and you just didn't. And yeah. so you missed out on what would have been the last day of the AC Fan Expo. That's true. Yeah, I'm disappointed. I mean, I've heard, I heard it was really small. Obviously, we talked about yeah. that last episode that it was basically confined to the area around the poker room. The original plan was to gradually expand throughout the summer and fill up the casino floor and have stuff upstairs and have video game competitions in the house of blues, uh, concert hall and all this other stuff. But it just seems like, I mean, obviously that never materialized, but it seems like people came and kind of saw how small it was and, and left with not the best impression. Uh, I don't, you know, as much as I love to speculate about stuff, I have a hard time with this because I, I mean, the most obvious thing to say is that, you know, they said, Sean Smith from the ACFX, AC Fan Expo said on our podcast, like, they came in with expectations that it wasn't going to be just hordes of people the first few weekends and they would need to expand and get into the summer. And, I mean, it seemed like they had the uh, whatever, the leeway to to do that and, and at least enough money to keep it running into the summer. But I just wonder if they... They had they they expected low turnout. They didn't expect so low turnout, and I think that probably and probably also vendors like maybe they had more trouble attracting vendors. But hopefully, we'll hear more about it. I mean, I, I'm sure he probably doesn't want to talk about it anytime soon. No. But it, it yeah, would, yeah, no, no, no. It would be interesting to you know sometime way down the line, either just contact him via email or whatever, and just like see if we can get some sort of post mortem on this thing. But, right. Um, I mean, it could be it could be anything. I mean, they say out of their control. Obviously, visitation is out of their or control. Or Gladstein telling them that they can't have the space anymore would be out of their control. Yeah, I mean, I've got crackpot theories that maybe I shouldn't spend a ton of time on, but it could be that he came and said, "Oh, I thought this thing was going to be big," <laughs> and shut it down. I have no idea, but I mean, it could be anything. So it's kind of interesting. Um, are sad really that that it's gone this way and hopefully hopefully it's not the end maybe there's some hope that they say okay we're just going to put this off until we can actually build it out more but i would not hold your hopes out uh yeah i wouldn't think that's gonna happen but we'll see and i will say despite it not working out i mean i don't think that necessarily means it was a bad idea i mean as i said since the very beginning i, I think it was awfully optimistic to, to say you're going to be able to do this every weekend. Um, especially, especially with like the amount of time from the time they announced it until the time that they did their first one. I mean, it was just an insane ask and I still think something like this could work. I still think if something like this did work, it would be amazing for the city, but wrong, place, wrong time, wrong, just bad circumstances around it. Yeah, I, I mean, I'd agree maybe wrong place. I'm not sure it's even wrong time as much as just wrong, l- like, lead time. <laughs> you know, like you said, I think that short notice of, hey, this is happening, hey, we're doing this 15 weeks in a row, like, that's a huge thing to plan in that amount of time. And then we saw, I mean, the marketing I don't think ever really materialized, and that's a huge problem. I mean, that's something we've talked about with Revel, obviously, on a much bigger scale, but... You know, to to get the critical mass for this thing, they needed to get the word out, and they needed people to come and spread the word and say, "Hey, this thing is cool." And I keep 
harping on this, but it's so hard for to open something and get people in the door and and convince them like, hey, this is beta, soft open, whatever, and not go out and tell everybody like, hey, this sucks. When all your word of math is, it could be cool. Like that's the most optimistic scenario is you hope that people go and say like, maybe it'll be cool someday. Whereas the reality is most people are like coming to our Facebook group and saying, hey man, this thing's tiny and not worth your time. Like it's a tough, tough thing to get past when that's the first impression. Yeah, I mean... I think having a more of a hard open with actual festivities and stuff has sort of proven to be a much better idea, at least in the gaming market. And when I say gaming, I mean casino gaming. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it just tough circumstances. I mean, it's something we're both rooting for it to succeed. But unfortunately, it appears that it has not. Who knows? Maybe they'll have an announcement in two weeks that they are coming back. But I don't think so. Yeah, I mean, I think they probably would have been better off starting 4th of July. I mean, the only scenario I could see that where they reopen is saying like, hey, we're going to take stock of this thing and try to come back 4th of July, but I I don't think that's probably going to happen. No. So speaking of Bart Blatstein... Um, Always stuff to talk about, about Bart Blatstein. <laughs> yeah, Mr. Blatstein. So according to our friends at Route 40, uh, who I believe met with him last Friday night, no, a couple Friday nights ago, uh, and had a chat with him, uh, so if you've walked north of the showboat, which I don't know why you would now on the boardwalk, uh, there's been a sign up for a while, uh, on the garden pier, which is between the showboat and the revel, which says that it is coming July, 2017 with no mention of what is coming, but it just uh, says AC pier. Yeah. According to Elnor Cumley, uh, who talked with Bart Blatstein, uh, that's not going to happen. Um, apparently Bart Blatstein said that big stuff is coming, but there's really no details on what that is. Um, so I don't know. What what do you have to say about this? (laughs) Uh, I mean, obviously my, my assumption was that they were going to hope that AC Fan Expo would use it in some way, but I don't, I mean, there was never really any work done on it and the buildings aren't in the best shape. Yeah. So I don't know. No, but by all appearances, nothing has happened there. So yeah, so I don't know that so, that so, end of the boardwalk has some problems with date setting. Right. <laughs> so, so what do you think? Do you think these two first two stories that we had today does it kind of reinforce your view or kind of the podcast view of of Bart Blatstein? Yeah, how can they not? I mean, I just don't see how he has any real long term vision. For what for his properties other than waiting for Hard Rock to open and and hoping that ten opens and then he can sell, unless he's just saying I'm going to wait and see and then once those things start making money then I'll put my money in. But that just seems like such a weird way to go about it. Like why why even open at all at that point? I don't know. So I think what obviously needs to happen, Craig, especially in you know. If we go in the winter or something, which, as I mentioned last episode, may or may not happen for me, one of us really needs to stay in the showboat and just <laughs> do like a full review of like how awful and depressing it is. Especially in the winter, that sounds yeah. Especially in the winter, at least in the summer, I'm sure they have like pretty decent uh, like room occupancy. But you know, in the winter, it's going to be so dead. Yeah, that sounds horrible. Like, that sounds like 
the setting for some post-apocalyptic video game or something. Like, it just mm-hmm. sounds really bad. I, I really just have no interest unless, you know, especially with without Hard Rock Open or anything up there. Like, it's sandwiched between Closed Taj and Closed Revel. Like, ugh, that's no good. Resorts, so, man. Resorts. Resorts is further down, though. Yeah, I mean, it's marginally further down. It's pretty close. Yeah. I still don't want to stay there right now. Sorry. Resorts is is far closer to uh, the showboat than it is to, say, Caesars, which is the next oh, casino south sure. of it. Or Bally's. Bally's. Sorry. Bally's. Yes, that's definitely true. But I still don't. I wouldn't. I definitely would not want to stay there. <laughs> it's, what I mean, the, it's what the people want, Craig. Is it? They want you to stay there, not me. You. Oh, okay. Just like blow by blow, detailed, yeah. like every step. You need that to I give take. it the uh, the Chuck Monster treatment and let us know what it's like. The rooms have to look exactly the same, right? Like same beds, yeah. even and everything. Yeah. I would assume. Yeah, probably the same sheets from the showboat. They have not <laughs> been changed since the showboat <laughs> shut down. Well, the rooms probably haven't been used. So, what must their occupancy rates be like? Good. awful. I I can't it's imagine. I mean, be right. Like, how many floors do you think are open? Oh, that's a good question. I never really thought about that. Probably not if you, many. If you or someone you know works at the showboat, write us and let us know how many floors are open in the showboat. Yeah, that'd be right great now, to know. In the summer. Yeah, I mean, it's We'd not... We haven't achieved peak season yet, but... Yeah. I mean, it's pretty close. It's the end of June. Yeah, I mean... And it's been quite hot on the East Coast, which I think right. probably helps Atlantic City. That that you may have sort of struck a potential cause of the demise of AC Fan Expo, which is that maybe they had something where they were supposed to sell X number of rooms and just weren't selling any rooms. Like maybe everybody was just going for the day and not staying there, mm. which seems maybe. entirely likely. I don't know. Hopefully we find out more. I have a feeling that we're never going to hear the specifics because why would they tell us? They have no reason to tell us. Truth. Sure. Move on to yeah, we, should, the, we should move on to the, the other rebel. stalled property there up at that end yes. of the boardwalk. <laughs> so fun start uh, to the episode, by the way. Yeah, upbeat. So the CD, CRDA has put a lien on the Revel Ten property for not paying their 2015 special improvement fees, which, as I understand it, are fees that every property in this commercial district. Uh, or tor- special tourism district or whatever the area around the boardwalk is called has to pay. So because Revel hasn't paid their $62,000, um, there's basically a lien on the property now. So what do you think, Craig? Uh, so the, the inter- interesting thing about this is it was closed, obviously, during 2015 for the entirety of 2015, and they still have to pay the special improvement fees. My understanding is that it's because it, you have to pay them unless you have a deed restriction on the property. Is that right, or is that pilot, or am I asking the wrong person? Um, no, I think I, – I, so I don't know if you heard it, but the entirety of the last AC Story podcast was about Glenn Straub and the Revel. Mm-hmm. And I believe they said that every property – like whether it's the Revel or whether it's, you know, 
whatever, a, a head shop on the boardwalk has to pay this fee. And I think it's just based on the zone it's in. If it's in the special tourism zone, they have to pay it, I, okay. I believe. Okay, so it's pilot that they can that you can get out of if you have a deed restriction, which makes a lot of sense as to why. Because Carl, it's a gaming. Yeah. Right. So that's why Carl Icon was very quick to slap a, a deed restriction on the Taj. But uh, yeah, I, I don't know. So ignore that section of it so it's just fees i guess he has to pay um mm. i i don't really think he's gonna pay it <laughs> like I, I mean i think he's gonna fight tooth and nail over it and if he doesn't have any plans to open imminently i could see this just being another thing that drags out forever because he's dragged the application for the the casino license out forever he's fought with crda about other stuff um meanwhile hard rock seems to be very uh, eager to work with the CRDA. And the CRDA, I think it was today during their meeting, even said something about, like, oh, well, we're not going to do anything that's going to hurt development in Atlantic City, almost as, like, a slap in the face to Glenn Straub. Uh, Nicholas Hubo was live tweeting that. I think that was actually Amy S. Rosenberg who tweeted that uh, little nugget of information. It definitely was Amy S. Rosenberg from the CRDA meeting saying it almost seemed like they were getting their jabs in on Straub, but... I don't know. I mean, I think it's another thing for him to fight over. Clearly, he's not someone who's eager to give up fee money, but uh, it does seem like a small amount, right? Like, this doesn't seem all that meaningful to the CRDA, and I'm assuming they're feeling like they're in... They're not too eager to bend over backwards for Shroud, though. Yeah, I mean, I think that's basically it. I mean, is this a huge amount of money for them? Like, no, of course not, especially when we get to... um what other properties are asking the CRDA for money for, which is going to be way more than the $62,000. But I, I think what it comes down to is that, you know, Glenn Straub is obviously antagonizing them. So they're going to antagonize him back. Yeah. That seems to be the gist of it. <laughs> but another, another wrinkle in the saga, it seems like it's a minor wrinkle. Like if he wanted to open, he could probably just be like, here's your check. And that's that. Well, and he needs to get his gaming license, and he needs to. <laughs> well, it, it's okay. not quite that easy. Well, I'm saying like if he if he got all those other things in order, which are the real hurdles, like this doesn't and seem gave like them a, the sixty two thousand dollar right. check, which is a drop in the pan. Yeah, compared to everything else, this seems very minor compared to everything else that he has to get yeah. done. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if he didn't pay it and took it to court just because he's Glenn Straub and doesn't seem to care. Yeah, he's got his lawyer at the ready. That's clear. Yeah, I mean, he's already paying him, so he yeah. may as well do something. <laughs> may as well argue with the CRDA about something else. Uh, that's right. All right, I think, uh, do you have anything else on this? Nope. I will, uh, I'll let you handle the uh, new gambling machines in the Wild Wild West. Uh, yeah, Wild Wild West um, in the Bally's property that we've talked so much about, how they have not been doing great, at least in year over year, seeing declines in their gambling revenue. Uh, they have added some skill-based slots, which is funny because I think it was just last episode that we said they were getting rid of skill-based slots, or they have gotten rid of all their skill-based slots from GameCo. They have now added Space Invaders at the Wild Wild West, which is not GameCo. It is Scientific Games. Um, the article that I'll link to in the Las Vegas Review Journal says that it's also at Harrah's, uh, although we were obviously just at Harrah's and didn't see it. Um... So I don't know. I don't know if it's at Harris yet. It definitely seems like it's already at Wild Old West. It is 
basically my understanding is it's a standard slot machine, but the bonus game is skill-based, probably a game of Space Invaders. <laughs> it's not too big a leap to assume that. And you have the option to either play the bonus as skill-based or to just take your payout so that it's not skill-based to get the standard slot machine bonus. Uh, this is a formula that was talked about when skill-based games originally mentioned. Um, I mean, skee-ball, obviously, I loved the skee-ball slot machine. It was very short-lived in, in Atlantic City casinos, at least. And I think that was a game where the bonus, you played skee-ball, but it was it was meaningless. Like, what you got in skee-ball didn't actually decide what kind of prize you got in the bonus. And I think that was probably frustrating for people. But even though it said in big letters on the screen that the, your score doesn't affect the bonus payout, but this will be actually affecting your payout. I'd be interested to see how wide it ranges. I'm guessing it's similar to the Game Co. machines where you sort of start, like when you start the game, it's hit the button and figured out what your max is. And then your ability to play skill games toward it is going to affect how much of that bonus you get, and and most players are probably going to get a healthy percentage, but not all. That's my guess anyway. Uh, So I don't know. Do you have an interest in Space Invaders? I feel like that's some old-school shit if you're talking video games. Yeah, I mean, that's fine. I mean, the problem with this compared to the other kind of Gameco skill-based games are that, you know, if I put my my 10 bucks in this and say I'm going to play it twice like I have with all of the other Gameco games, game co-games uh there's certainly no guarantee that i'm going to get the special game yeah i, so, wonder, I wonder how that's often a problem pops up but, we would need to play to find out yeah because that's one of those I games mean, where like you're only playing for the bonus i guess it's right. possible the other slot stuff is cool but what are the oh, odds isn't that all slot machines greg that's all true. new ones anyway you're only playing for the bonus well there was a while where it seemed like the bonus games were going away and it was all about free spins although now mm-hmm. it seems like it's going back to more interesting bonuses with like wonka machines and simpsons and all that stuff uh but i don't know i mean i'm interested in playing it but like are the millennials really gonna get jazzed up about some space invaders like was Pong not available? I don't. I don't understand. Centipede. <laughs> eh, guess not. Um, so the real question is: Do you want them to bring Ski Ball back in it and yeah. make it skill based? Oh my goodness! I would play. Even that every though day. those touch screens were the worst, and it would be the most enraging thing to actually play that as a skill based game. Yeah. So my guess is that was what got those machines out of the casino because they just could not hold up to the giant touchscreen swiping that you had to do hopefully space invaders holds up better than that but yeah i mean i would love them to sort of rethink skee-ball and and do it and bring it back maybe not maybe not even a touchscreen but like a rollerball or something like that uh whatever it is golden tea style (laughs) um just to because i mean that was a cool game and it's you know very jersey right skee-ball is a jersey thing so Mm -hmm. it'd be cool that's what they should do we, who do we send a letter to, to to make that happen? Bally's or whoever made the skee-ball game. <laughs> yeah. Was it Bally's? Do you know? I have no idea. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are only a few companies, right? Right. Bally's, IGT or whatever it is, mm-hmm. Scientific Games. These are probably all owned by the same people and there's only like one company, but I don't know the inner whatever corporate structure of slot machine companies. So the other the other machine that is new is not a skill based machine at Wild Wild West and at Bally's. Um, thank you to Bob I in the Facebook group for posting the picture of this. 
is the automated big six wheel, which is an interblock uh, machine. Interblock also makes the Popomatic craps machines that are at uh, Wild Wild West right now. Um, so I must probably also make the roulette machine, although I'm not 100% sure about that. And Big Six Wheel, I've never actually played the Big Six Wheel, have you? The, yeah. The, the Money Wheel, as it is yeah, also of known. Yeah, of course. Dude, how have you not ever just walked up with a couple bucks and put it down on 10 to 1 or something? It's possible that I had like $1 and walked into the casino. I know that the first time we ever went to Vegas, I think it was like the first thing that our friend Craig did and maybe others was just walk up and it was like money wheel. Cause it's right at the front of the casino. Right. And you walk in and it's like, bam. And even at horseshoe in Baltimore, first thing that you see when you go in the casino, that's definitely the angle they're going for. You walk in, you see it. And it's like, this is some quick, quick gambling. And it's just terrible odds. Uh, some of the worst, worst house edge in the house, in the casino. Uh, Sean H. in the Facebook group mentioned that the house edge is actually significantly lower than in the live version. I couldn't find any pay tables or whatever odds for the actual machines that are at Bally's and Wild Wild West, but Interblock's site says that the hold percentage can be anywhere from 5 to 24%, depending on the configuration. So that's an enormous range. I mean, so obviously there's probably settings where you can say what the payouts are, depending on what hits on the wheel. 24%. 24%. I mean, then you're getting into Kino territory. So it's terrifying. Uh, but JS in the Facebook group said that the wheels at both Wild Wild West and Valleys were completely backed last weekend. So people like these things. Um, it's a big wheel in the middle of a bunch of electronic terminals. You go in, you place your bet, and it spins the wheel. And I guess people like that more than dealing with the live dealer. I don't know. Maybe it moves faster. Maybe the odds are slightly better, as Sean said. Uh, I can't say I have any interest in trying it. Like the, the big six wheel never really looked like anything that was exciting to me. Like it's just a big wheel that spins. Like this is like something that happened that you see at a, an elementary school carnival and you spin it and it's like, you want a fake plastic baseball helmet except with money. Yeah. I, I mean, I still can't believe that you've never played the big six wheel. <laughs> I might so... have put a dollar on one once. When drunk. One one of my first times to the casino, I think that we, a bunch of us went up to Turning Stone, and this was just to go to Turning Stone, because we were 18 or 19, so we couldn't go to non-Indian uh, casinos then. And I had lost all of the money I brought, and the guy who drove us in his van is like, yo, I need gas money from everyone. <laughs> and I had like $5 left. So I put it on triple lemon on the money wheel and triple lemon hit. And then I got my gas money and got it right back home. <laughs> what would have happened if you had lost that $5? I would have owed him money. I'm sure. Yeah, That doesn't <laughs> seem like that bad of a fate. It's not like, it's a better story if you were like stranded in yeah. wherever New York up North of the city, but 300 miles from home. But triple lemon is classic. What is so like the wheels that I'm used to have dollar bills of different denominations uh-huh. on them? It, it's the same what thing. Is triple lemon. So it's it's basically the exact same thing. It's just instead of it just saying five to one, ten to one, twenty to one, like some do, they have fruit instead, and then each fruit has the payout. I think for Hawaiian was three to one. So nice. So you had fifteen bucks. So I had five bucks, and then I had twenty bucks. That's awesome. It's a great story. Probably your biggest gambling win that you've ever had. Got me right home, man. 
Uh, I didn't want to stay in, in Turning Stone, New York. Yeah. Where is Turning Stone, anyway? It's like a half hour east of Syracuse, I think. Oh, boy. That's way the hell away from where you live. <laughs> uh, I mean, from northern Baltimore County, it's it's much closer than where you grew up. But, yeah, it's pretty far. It's like four hours, I think. Oof. Yeah, that's actually less than I would have thought, but still far. Farther than I would have gone at 18 to go to a casino in that I never went to a casino when I was 18. Until you were like 27? Yeah, I think I was 26 by the time I went. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, 2010. January 2010. February, maybe. First trip to Atlantic City. Forever. A date that should forever live in infamy. And look where you are now. I know. Doing a podcast. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, when I was in Bally's on Monday, I saw them setting it up but it was not up and running yet so yes that is the actually the picture in our facebook group is the one in wild Wild west basically Uh ready to go but with a a rope around it like a whatever those things are called tension whatever rope rope is fine yeah people know what you're talking about not a a little not a literal rope yeah it is the wild wild west people might assume let's move on to m life Yes, we will never have an episode where we don't talk about M Life. I think from now until the end of time. Um, yes. Do you? Have... So I, I can talk about the first point here because it's I lived it in person. Uh, so yeah, Borgata just came out uh, a couple weeks ago and said that even though they've switched to M Life, they're still going to continue status matching, uh, but only for Caesars and Trop. I, I think it may have been a couple more casinos when it was still the Borgata running it, but I'm not a hundred percent on that. Do you know, Craig? I seem to remember it, including, I think it included resorts, but maybe not. Yeah. Maybe not resorts, but I think it, it included golden nugget and it definitely included Trump when it was. Oh yeah. Yes. It absolutely included Sherman at at Trump, I think. Oh yeah. Maybe it was just those three. Somebody will know somebody who is a Borg player will definitely know. But so anyway, uh, they said they're going to status match Caesars and Trop. And as listeners to the podcast know, I have a gold card at Trop. So I sauntered in there on the Sunday that I got to Atlantic City last weekend and tried to trade my gold card up to an MGM gold card, assuming that it's the third level at one. So it will be the third level at the other. And I was told that they were only interested in platinum cards. So I got nothing. Which is crazy, right? Because the perks is, at Trop exactly, for gold. It's exactly the same as, as Caesars. It's only platinum card at Trop. And it's a big difference between getting gold and getting platinum at Tropicana. So. It'd be interesting to, to compare the coin in for platinum at Trop versus gold in M-Life or, or diamond at Caesars. It's got to be way higher for platinum at Well, Trop. so uh, the next part of this story is that uh, Coach Kitty from Travels Arc uh, – updated all the info on the coin in necessary to get to the gold card and determined it is exactly the same as it was to get the black label at, at Borgata. Uh, it's $500,000 in coin in on video poker to get it. Um, which is astounding to me, frankly, that it's the same, that it's that high. Oh, well, video poker though. I got diamond from $50,000 of coin in. But in a day, though, with a huge bonus. So it would have been $150,000 if I didn't do that, which is still way, way, 
way less. Yeah. I don't know. So so assuming that they're on the double coin and thing, right? Mm-hmm. For, for video poker, that's like $300,000 now. Which well, is still way less than 500,000. Sure, sure. Yeah, okay. If you do a 20 to 1 machine, which is what it is basically now, yeah, it would be $100,000 in a day or $300,000 total. But that's still 60% of what's needed at Borgata. Yeah. So we wonder but, and you can do it in 100,000 if you do it in a day, which if you your goal is to get diamond and you didn't want to get founder's card, you should do it in a day. Right. And if you're looking for why there are so many diamond players in Atlantic City, there's your answer. <laughs> right? Like Founders card? Or that, no. <laughs> that is so much easier to get. That if you go every couple of weeks, you're probably gonna hit that threshold of coin in. If you especially if you're a video poker and you player or a slot player and you go and you're just gonna sit at a slot machine for a few hours every couple of weeks, you are going to get diamond. Like it's just gonna happen. So and I think there are a ton of people that do that in Atlantic City because they're commuting distance away, so it's easy for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's not really what we're here to discuss. Uh so five hundred thousand dollars at Borgata got you one thousand comp dollars. I have no idea how many comp dollars it gets you in M Life, but you needed a thousand comp dollars to get Borgata my Borgata black label. You need 75,000 M-Life tier credits to get gold. And it, that well, is the same amount of coin in at video poker. Let me tell you, my diamond in a day got me far, far, far less than $1,000 in, in reward credits at total rewards. <laughs> That's not surprising. It got me like $50 in reward credits or something. So so here's a question that someone who's listening to this will definitely know, but we can still talk about like we know anything. Um, do you think, and I've wondered this for a long time, do you think Caesars is more generous with tier points and tier status than other properties, but less generous with comps and free play, like not room Uh, comps, uh, but less generous with comp dollars and free play. That's the impression. Well, so my mailers are way better at Caesars than anywhere else. Oh, really? Yeah. I get tons of free play at at Caesars. Oh, all my free play at Caesars, like five bucks. Oh no, I get like 50 bucks usually at Bally's and well, like, 15 or 20 at, at Caesars or Harris, but uh-huh. yeah, I get more at resorts and, and Borg than I uh, had no. at Caesars properties. No, and I Caes- play way more Caesars, Caesars definitely takes care of me in terms of, of my mailers, but yes, in terms of just reward credits, I, I do think they're a bit worse than, than most other places, especially Borgata, which I, I actually felt that they were pretty generous with reward credits or comp dollars there. Yeah. I would always be surprised when I would get home and I had x number of comp dollars you know for me it would usually be like eight bucks but <laughs> mm-hmm. i would be like oh eight bucks like when i go i'll go stay for two nights at caesar's and end up with like 450 or yeah, something you, even though i gain yeah, you more. don't get anywhere close to 800 reward credits at caesar's right on a trip oh no no i think i think i've hit 500 once on it in a day once mm-hmm. oh you got the bonus yeah i've definitely gotten the bonus once ever nice but a typical day for me at a total rewards property is like 150 sugar credits. So basically, high roller. Yeah. That's what you can expect from me. <laughs> that's, that's pretty pitiful. <laughs> yeah, no. I, I, that's for why I, can't, I shouldn't complain about my comps ever at Caesars, that's for sure. Yeah. And that's why you get five. That's why I got $5 uh, free play and stuff like that. That's the value that I have to a Caesars property. Yeah. I get like 10 at the Horseshoe locally. So it's not like they're really lighting it up. Uh, I haven't gotten I much sh- from I actually get the, sh- the same at, uh, well, have you ever... Yeah, I guess you did go to the horseshoe once, but uh, yeah, I get. I, I think I usually get ten at horseshoe, and I get 
normally ten at the National Harbor as well. So interesting point. I feel like I say interesting a lot on this show, but <laughs> interesting point about the rewards credits, uh, or, or talking about how I don't get any tier credits. Um, I've gotten the bonus once ever, and that was years ago, like around when we first started going. And it's probably a day trip because if we did a day trip, we probably just. So, what do, you, what do you think happened? Did you just like hit a have a good run on a slot machine? No. So, we talked last episode. I mostly play video poker. And I mostly play full vote, full pay video poker at Caesars and Harrah's. And so that oh, is $50 to a tier credit. Yep. So I probably am just not getting many tier credits at all. And, you know, same thing. This last trip didn't get that many tier credits because I was mostly playing mm-hmm. full pay video poker. So, you know, if it used to be 10 and now it's 50, I'm going to get a fifth of as many points. So if I get 100 points in a day now, that would have been 500 then. I'm probably – I'm almost certainly gambling more now than I was then. It's just that I'm playing a game that they have uh, nerfed or whatever. I don't think you can mm-hmm. really use nerfed in this context, but I'm gonna. Uh, certainly for comps, like you can't. Well, exactly what you said last episode. It used to be that video poker was a game that you could sit at and play for a couple hours and and rack up some tier credits and rewards credits, and now you just yeah has no value for that really anymore. Nope. Should talk about Hard Rock. More exciting good news. Yeah, just just all the stuff just came out today, right? Uh, well, the AP article from Wayne Perry is a little older than that. Mm-hmm. Uh, June 9th, which I guess now is more than a week ago, almost two weeks ago, uh, Hard Rock submitted a list of things that they would like to be allowed to do. So I guess this was submitted to the states. Uh, and... It was billed by in the AP headline as like a sneak peek at the plans for Hard Rock. Reading the article, it seems to me more like it's a, a more of a wish list, like things that they want to be allowed to do, not necessarily things that they are going to do. Uh, and that included poolside gambling, gambling in restaurants, which I guess is probably more general than that. Like it's probably more like gambling in restaurant space, like space that's designated for a restaurant. Uh, and and Wayne Perry in the article that I linked to even mentioned, like the the quarter in Tropicana is basically res- restaurant and shopping space, but they do have a slot area there. Uh, Skill based slots, obviously nothing new. Fantasy sports betting, which apparently Resorts is planning to start very soon. Hidden VIP gambling rooms, which um, I don't. I don't know if that's really that big a thing in AC as yeah, someone who is not in, a VIP. In, in Vegas, it it's definitely – tons of properties have like, you know, top floor gambling rooms and, and stuff like that. I don't know if they have it in AC at all. I haven't heard of it anyway. But Yeah, I mean we know they're high limit rooms, but you can see them from everywhere. Right. Eric, Eric would probably know. Michael yeah. would know. Michael from Travelzork would know. <laughs> Yeah, I haven't heard of any in AC, but I, I know it is quite common in Vegas. Uh, so it's, so this, it's interesting to sort of see this stuff starting to come out in, in public record where they're having to start to submit plans and, and, you know, all this stuff has to go through a billion boards between, you know, Division of Gaming Enforcement through CRDA and all this other stuff. So I think we're going to start to see a lot of stuff come out. Um, I don't know. Do you have anything else to add about what was in this article. I don't think there was a ton of like really juicy stuff in there. No. Uh, so the other thing is that in today, just today, the CRDA meeting, uh, 
Hard Rock mentioned that they are shooting for a Memorial Day 2018 opening. Nicholas Huba and Amy S. Rosenberg were live tweeting this whole thing. Uh, they also said that they're going to start with demolition on some of the portions of the Taj uh, next month, so July, presumably, and that new construction will start in August, so all the renovation stuff. Uh, there's an article that I'll link to that, that talks a little bit about that, but one of the things that will be really interesting to see, and I hope that I get there at some point to see it, is the dismantling of this you know, iconic Taj exterior, whether you think that it was you know, an eyesore or whether you think that it was really an interesting part of, of uh, the aesthetic of the city. To see that coming down, I think, is really going to be something else. Um, and I'm actually even more interested in that than in like just a full-scale implosion, you know, which we've seen obviously in in Vegas a bunch of times, and and the Sands being the recent big one, recent I say in quotes, but <laughs> the, the, the most far the most before recent. you ever went there. Oh yeah, only a couple of years I think, but the the most the most recent big one in in Atlantic City, and that was always sort of the spectacle, right? But I think there's something weird about. You know, there's probably going to be a bunch of scaffolding around all those those domes and and minarets at at the Taj, and it's going to be really interesting and kind of creepy to look at that thing <laughs> with all that there. Um, you know, you you live down around DC, and for a long time there was scaffolding all around the yeah the uh, the capital both the capital and the yeah and the Washington Monument, and it's and I mean those buildings are really old, so I think it's a little less weird. But for this building, that's kind of been this big iconic thing. Uh, in AC, which you we, know, one was built in like 1989, and right. were built in like you know, 17 whatever. <laughs> right. So, but you expect those things to have to have repairs and get scaffolding, and those things and those things were getting repaired. This thing is getting dismantled, and so there's sort of a there's more of a sadness around it, right? Like dismantling. Assuming you liked the Taj. I mean, I, I think it's endearing that you think so. Or feel so strongly about how strange it's going to be to see all the scaffolding around the Taj. I mean, I mean, I, I think it's strange to go. I, I don't have the strong feelings that you apparently have about it. I don't have strong feelings about it, but I think it's going to be sad to look up at that end of the boardwalk and see like dark revel. I guess showboat's not technically dark, <laughs> um, but well, it definitely we won't, we won't know until you stay there. That's a good point. Maybe they just let leave all the lights out and they give you a flashlight to go to your room. Um, that's why they that's why they closed the fan expo. They're like, you guys are using too much electricity at night. Yeah, yeah. they're like, whoa, our electricity bill <laughs> went way up last month. We didn't you realize we were gonna, get out of here. Yeah, we didn't realize we were gonna have to turn the lights on. I'm yeah. sure their electricity bill did go. Hold on, up hold on. You got, guys, can you unplug those computers, please? <laughs> can you move all this to the first floor and only have like six computers because? The 30 that you had before is just killing us. It's killing the bottom line. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It was very, it was very, very creepy when I took the bus after the showboat closed and it went around to resorts, I think. Or no, it was the Taj when the Taj was still open. And pulled right up alongside the closed showboat at like 11 at night. And this giant, you know, husk of the showboat is just sitting there completely dark. But I think a big reason for that is that you know, we spent a lot of time at Showboat before it closed, and it just was like, man, we love this thing, and it's gone. Uh, obviously, we don't have that with Taj, but we did see the exterior all the time. So I don't know. Maybe I'll see it and just be like, eh, whatever. 
when when does the big guitar go up? <laughs> I'm excited for giant guitar. I want the guitar to be a spectacle. I want it to be like, you know, 300 feet tall and dwarf whatever the wheel is that they're building on Steel Pier. Uh-huh. That's what I want. Um, yeah. Should we move on to Harris? Yeah, I think it's time to move on. The other so. CRDA thing? Yeah, so... Apparently, Harris is asking to move some of their CRDA money into the development of a new celebrity chef restaurant, um, but they haven't uh, said exactly who the celebrity chef would be. So, what do you have to say about this? Uh, again, this is Nicholas Huba live tweeting from the CRDA meeting. Uh, they said it will be a chef from within the Caesars brand, so a new restaurant, not a new celebrity chef. From the off the top of my head, that's got to either be Guy Fieri or Gordon Ramsay, right? Like those are the two I, <laughs> celebrity chef joints it, in AC. Do we need more Guy Fieri wet restaurants? No. It's definitely going to be Guy's Burger Joint replacing mm-hmm. AC Burger Co. or whatever, which replaced mm-hmm. Bill's Burger Bar. That's my assumption. Until I hear otherwise, I'm going on that. Uh, that's based on no information other than what we have here, which is a new celebrity chef restaurant from someone in Caesar's celebrity chef stable, if you will. The chefs would probably not like to be told that they're in a stable, but uh, I don't know. I mean, I guess there could be a Gordon Ramsay thing at Harrah's, maybe in like the Veracruz space or the Coastal Craft space, but... Maybe I'm missing somebody who's a celebrity chef at at Caesars. Nobu. It's going to be Nobu probably at <laughs> Yeah, at, at Harris. Harris. That sounds like a match. That sounds like there. a great branding idea for Nobu. Yeah. Like right across from the pool, just put a yeah. big Nobu. Like, do you want some, do you want a $200 sushi dinner? With and some moons in the background? Pool? Yeah, with some moons in the background. That yeah. sounds great. So... Yeah, we'll see. We'll find out what guy restaurant it is when when they announce it. Uh, I know, yeah, I know. It's, it it probably will be a guy restaurant. Yeah, uh, I mean, there's only the only guy thing at, at Harris right now is guy's sandwich joint. Yeah, that's there's only sandwich. one guy thing there, and that is not enough. Right, as we've talked about in the past, Caesar's likes having at least two guy restaurants at every Caesar's right. property. Yeah, so Bally's has barbecue joint and. Yeah, Bally's has Shop two. House. The Horseshoe has two. Yeah, Caesar's has none. Caesar's though. Caesar's has zero. Yeah, wow. They got to yeah. get on that. I know. Maybe they can finally replace Cafe Roma or whatever it is. Which I sucks. mean, think about how much how how much of a disaster it's going to be when they close down Bally's. <laughs> they need to preempt it by. <laughs> Won't someone think of Guy? Yeah. Well, actually, I guess I guess one is in the Wild Wild West, so that'll presumably stay open. Right. Yeah. I. The more I think about it, the more I think if Bally's ever does close, which is all pure speculation on our point. Oh, so uh, this isn't on the agenda, but the May uh, casino results from Atlantic oh, City yes. came out. And you, sure. and as I asked you on Gchat, I said you will never guess which was the only casino to lose money year over year in May. But you did guess. Somehow. Shockingly, I guess. Yeah. Bally's. It is. It, it was Bally's. So, I mean, do you um, think? Do you think all that money is just going to Trop? All the Bally's money. I mean, to me, when I go into Bally's, 
the actual Bally's side of Bally's is a bunch of old people. And then you've got this weird dichotomy where the Wild Wild West side is, like, really trying to cater to young people. Mm-hmm. But, like, those people don't really gamble. And if they did walk into the Bally's side to play some slots, they would be like, oh, I need to scurry back to Caesars or something. <laughs> Whereas, like, Trop clearly clearly has better nightlife than Bally's in that Bally's <laughs> it has nightlife. Is, is free concerts at, <laughs> at, at the, the Wild Wild West. At the Wild Wild West, which isn't making really making them any Go money to... except for beer. Uh, that's right. the nightlife. Yeah, that's the nightlife. There it is. Uh, Dunkin' Donuts. But then also also has a bunch of slots for the old people. And then bridges the gap with stuff to attract people in between. Like, it just seems like if I was 23 and I could choose between hanging out at the Wild Wild West and then going and playing at Bally's or... Maybe going and checking out the free concert at the Wild Wild West and then actually doing my clubbing and gambling at the Trop or really anywhere else, Borgata, Golden Nugget. Dusk? I, I, I feel like Dusk, I never hear anything about. Yeah, I don't hear much about it either. I hear much more about Trop and Borg and, and Haven at uh, Golden Nugget. Yeah. If you're a Dusk fan. Or, that... or even the Pool After Dark. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. Oh, yes, that's it. The, the Pool After Dark's the big one. It's the most profitable club in Atlantic City, I think. Uh, if you're a Dusk fan, let us know, because I've never heard anyone be like, oh, yeah, I love Dusk. Yeah, Dusk, it's my favorite nightclub in AC. It's it's the least talked about nightclub in AC, I, I think. I mean, from believe me, I've been at Caesars many times at night, and I, it has a line, so. Yeah, but... Not a big one, I feel like. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know what a normal nightclub line is, having never been a man to have experienced that. Yeah, never having never stood in line for a nightclub. All right. We did go to Boogie Nights at one time. We did. But there was no line. There was no line. It was really busy on the inside, though. Quite crowded. Also, one of the most fun places in the world, Boogie Nights. Yeah. It's about my speed in that we were... Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, as far as nightclubs go, it's, it's pretty good. We were in the youngest, like, maybe 30% of people there, which was great. Yeah, I would say. For I'd say we were in the youngest ten percent of people there. <laughs> you think? Yeah, fifteen at least. That's even better. That's awesome. That's what I like out of a club. So any oh. any other interesting stuff from the data? Um. So to answer your question, if everyone, if all the gambling money is going from Bally's to Trop, I would say no. Caesars is also just slain compared to last year. So oh, I really? think it's more likely that all the gambling money is going from Bally's to Caesars. That makes sense. It does seem like. Those are definitely the two huge winners from last year to this year. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Like, if you're a Bally's player and you're like, like, wait, Bally's Park Place sucks. I'm going to go play in Caesars, which is basically what I've done. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, I play far more at at Caesars compared to what I used to and far less at Park Place compared to what I used to. Yeah, and and the Caesars pit is nicer. Like, the Caesars Casino is nicer in general. Far Way nicer. I mean, Park Place is just a dump, right? Yeah, and really, I mean, even I don't think it's not like the limits are exorbitant. Like you're, I remember when we first started going, we would mostly hang out in Caesars, Wild Wild West, Bally's, mm. and we would go walk through Caesars, and we would be like, mm, no, "We need to go to Bally's to see to see if there are lower limits." That doesn't seem to be the case anymore. Like, if you want fifteen dollar blackjack, it's probably fifteen dollar blackjack. Yeah, but there's probably ten at Barclays, and five. At Wild Wild West. Six to five at Wild Wild West. <laughs> right. Yeah. I don't know. No, it's, it's it's definitely cheaper at Bally's, but it's just not nice. 
Yeah, it doesn't. It's not inviting. It doesn't make me want to go there. Mm. They renovated the casino floor, and it lo- feels and looks exactly the same to me. Mm. I mean, maybe there's some newer slot machines, and the slot machines are organized in a different way. But I don't know. I don't. Bally's like I end up in Bally's, and I'm just like, this is not where I want to gamble. It's probably out of all the casinos in AC. It's probably the place that I would least like to gamble right now. Mm. Out of seven? Mm. What do you think? Golden Nugget? You don't like Trop, so... No, we'll have to talk about that next episode a bit more. But, Since uh, you stayed at Trop. Yeah, I did. Yeah, we can talk about that. Should we, should we end on a cliffhanger? And get the people to come back next week? <laughs> Give them a week-long cliffhanger? I don't yeah. think we've ever done that. So anyway, I do have one more thing to say about the uh, the financials, which is, um, do you believe that year over year, Bally's is not doing the worst out of Atlantic City casinos? No. Any no. guesses to who who is doing actually the worst year over year? As far as declining revenue? Mm-hmm. Is this a trick question and it's the Taj? Well, no, <laughs> but I guess that is technically true. <laughs> uh Golden Nugget? It is. Harris is doing worse oh, every year. Yeah. yeah, that's interesting because yeah. Harris used to rake, right? Like they were doing really well mm-hmm. and they would frequently be second behind Borg. But uh, neither are doing particularly great. I mean, Harris is still doing fine in like kind of overall numbers. But well, the thing with Harris is they had like a, a truly just horrendous April, which I mean, I, I haven't gone back and looked. I suspect it was just a variance thing. But. Yeah. Uh, because all their other months have been like, I mean, let's be honest, they've been bad. They've been the second worst casino, like basically all the other months compared to Bally's. But in April, that was like a total disaster for them. They were down like 8% basically from the the year before. Second Um, worst in, in comparison terms, not in terms, in terms of actual dollars of revenue. Correct. Second worst in terms of their, their percentage difference, their Delta compared to 2016. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. Doesn't That's, it's not a great look for them considering that they just plowed a whole bunch of money into renovations at the Bayview Tower and this new conference center and it seems like it's not really working out for them so far. Yeah, although the the pool after dark was was closed for renovations for a couple of months, maybe that drives revenue, although it's totally it, open in May, so <laughs> I mean, their first 3 months weren't weren't great either. So it 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 is certainly possible that that has something to do with it. Yeah. I mean, and like a whole bunch of restaurants were closed and stuff earlier in the year too. So that's true. Yeah. I mean, if you, the whole package to me seems to have gotten a little worse. I have, I, I have I lots of hot takes about Harris for next episode though. Mm. <laughs> Indeed. <huh? laughs> um, you yeah. dial up my outrage. Yes. Get it ready now. Yeah. All right, so do you have uh, anything else to talk about before we wrap up? Nope. So first, I want to just thank you guys very much for for listening. Um, If you have any questions for us, you can always shoot us an email or reach out to us at Twitter. Our email is doforawin at gmail.com. Our Twitter is at doforawin. Or you can reach out to us and all of our other listeners on our Facebook group at facebook.com slash group slash doforawin. You can find all of our content at doforawin.com. And if you enjoy the podcast, you can subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn Radio, and or YouTube still. Yes, yeah, I put up the last two episodes on YouTube 
if you were waiting for episode 46, you waited a long time because it went up the same day as episode 47. <laughs> well, but it's up. Nice. Cool. So thank you guys very much for listening. And like we said, we'll, we'll try to get the uh, trip report episode out uh, pretty quick, probably early next week. So uh, we look forward to talking to you then and have a good one. I might go get a beer and do this. Yeah, let me put on the AC for a few minutes. Okay.